My name is Anna Friend. I'm 47 and last year, or maybe before that, I entered that unknown black hole of femininity, the perimenopause. Since then, I've discovered that even the mere mention of the M-word can evoke an internal shiver from all corners of society, and this made me wonder why. Specifically, why the hell aren't we talking more about menopause? After all, it's happening to 50% of the population, and it's an absolute certainty for all cis women. So what's the problem? Why do we have such difficulty addressing health matters for women? So I decided to talk to women, from those that are facing the climb, viewing the mountain from afar, to those that have conquered the summit. Or sort of, yeah. So yeah, lots and lots of women who have shared their experiences, their viewpoints and their top tips. And my hope is that by doing this, we can start turning this ship around and stop referring to the menopause as some sort of end of usefulness type bollocks and see it for its positive possibilities. So here we go. Me and my merry band of hormonal goddesses, we're taking on the change. This week, I talk with not one, but two inspirational women, Claire and Liz from the Know Your Menopause campaign. Now, they met on Twitter and since then have gone to create the most beautifully simple yet effective campaign to raise awareness for women everywhere. And also for me, their experiences of menopause are incredibly relatable and will have you nodding your head in agreement, no doubt. Such a pleasure. Welcome, ladies. So, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, excellent. Um, so, yes, I've got Claire and Liz today with me um, from Know Your Menopause. Um, it's really lovely to have you. We met over the Twitterverse, didn't we? We we found each other through the marvels of Twitter. How have you found, um, is, is, was, is, has social media been kind of transformative in terms of, and we're going to talk more about the campaign later, but has it been transformative for you in terms of kind of meeting other voices Claire, have you have you found that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's how Liz and I met on uh, the Twitterverse. Oh, amazing! Um, so um, yeah, we had no idea who each other were until we got into um, a, a really deep and meaningful conversation um, about oh, eighteen months ago. Would you say, Liz? Um, oh, two years ago now. Nearly, nearly know. two years, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. It is June, July time. Oh gosh, yeah. yes, it's June. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, the brain fog, you're never quite sure what <laughs> day of the week it is or you know, <laughs> time of it is. Yeah, so nearly two years ago. Um, yeah, and, and certainly where the campaign's been concerned, it has been incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, so doubling back then, so two years ago, you didn't know each other. But so where, f- from your perspective, you were then looking to have that conversation, Claire, about, was it your own menopause? So how, do you mind me asking how old you are and where you are in terms oh. of menopause? Don't, oh my you God. don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer the bit about age at all. But um, okay, but just where you are in terms of menopause or maybe where you were two years ago, which kind of led you to that. Um, exactly the same place as two years ago. So um, I was involved in. Um, I'm 67. So wow, are old. you? Really? I am. Really? Really? <laughs> I, am. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> okay. No one can see Claire, but I'm telling you that she looks amazing. Oh, thanks. My God. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Okay. Um, and I'm a long, long, long time uh, post menopause because I went through an early menopause. And this Twitter conversation that I joined um, with Liz two years ago, I was listening to her and um, one other lady who I did know who involved me in the conversation uh, 
talking about the problems that they had. And I, I was listening to this conversation and I thought, this is just incredible that 30 years on from when I was going through menopause and um, was totally ignored by the doctors um, and got no, no support, no information, that it was still happening. So that's how I got, that's how I got, joined the conversation because I was just so cross that yeah. nothing had changed in that long, that long time. Yeah. So, so you were then just doing maths and it's not my strong point, but <laughs> 35 when you went into menopause. Now I was in my 30s. So it's after I'd had my second daughter yeah. um, and hormones just didn't settle down. And uh, the doctors kept saying, oh, you know, it's the baby hormones, it's the baby hormones. But it, it just it progressed and it got worse and worse and worse. Alongside that, to cut a very long story short, I actually had um, endometriosis, but right. both the endometriosis and the um, going into an early menopause were not addressed. In fact, I saw seven doctors in seven years and totally ignored. They never thought, never suggested that it could be anything to do with um, the hormones and anything. So I ended up seeing a private endocrinologist who confirmed that I was a long way into menopause and suggested that the severe pain, and I mean, it was crippling pain that could, you know, get me when I was even driving the car and bend me double, which was really frightening with two young kids in the back. And was um, this, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I do tend to just oh, kind of, so this pain, just because it's really, one of the things about the podcast is people listening and kind of going, oh, that's me oh, I, I, maybe I need to go and talk to someone. Do you know what I mean? So I mm. kind of hope, so that pain, are you talking about just abdomen and uteral pain or all over body pain? No, it was mostly abdomen pain. Um, much, much worse mid-period and much, much worse when my period was due. But of course, your womb expands um, during those times. And so the endometriosis, which really is cells breaking away from your womb and attaching yeah. to parts of your body um, it was much more obvious at those times and mine is attached to my bowel so it also was excruciatingly painful when I opened my bowels yeah um, so anyway this uh, private endocrinologist suggested it could be endometriosis so I went to see a gynecologist who confirmed it was endometriosis did a laparoscopy decided it was all far too much to deal with there and then and suggested that I have a full hysterectomy and I was 39 then Right. And of course, that meant you went into surgical, surgical exactly. menopause. Yeah. Yes. Um, my God, what a journey. And all of that were two small, ch two small children, was it at that point? Yeah, two small children, two small stepchildren. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that impact on you from a psychological and emotional point of view? Um, well, I think it's only on reflection and hindsight that you can actually consider the effect on you. I think because, you know, we're women and we tend to cope and we manage and we, you know, keep doing things. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was only, it was only afterwards when I felt so much better that I appreciated how awful I felt um, during those years. So yeah, yeah it, you know, really does affect you psychologically, emotionally. Yeah. I was I wicked. Think, <laughs> I think that's one of the things that has struck me most about some of the conversations that I've been having and and then my own situation developing is that we do as women, we sort of accept a, a kind of a, a base level of crapness. <laughs> Liz is literally like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but do you know what I mean by that, Liz? Do you know what I mean? Like we sort of accept like, oh, well, I'm probably going to feel this shit for a bit. So, you know. I mean, what got me with what Claire says when she goes, it was only when I started feeling better that I realised how crap I'd been feeling. Mm. Like, I was the same. I had like six months where I had no periods and I said to somebody, oh God, I feel like I'm 11 again. I hadn't realised just how rubbish I felt every month. And, you know, you you just, because you don't know what's right, what's wrong. So you just accept that this is how every other woman feels as well. So you don't think, oh, this is me. You know, yeah. there's something wrong here. You think, oh, this is being a woman, is it? It's a bit crap, isn't it? But I think that there's, it's interesting. So I, this morning I did another one of these interviews with a man, with a man, um, about, <laughs> about kind of societal, you know, male psyche ideas about, what it's like to be a woman I suppose what uh, and on what we experience and you know one of the things I was asking him was how do you think men would how how different do you think society would be if, if men had the menopause <laughs> In, he couldn't he, he was like well we'd be very different people but I think that there'd be um a very different kind of response like in terms of society, there'd be a different response to that because I think we do we do take it on. So um, doubling back to you, Claire. So you got you got a diagnosis of, of endometriosis, which um, from a previous guest I know is is a long is a long time to get that um, diagnosis. So then you had your hysterectomy. When you went into menopause, um, was the support there in terms of right? You're in menopause, so here we go. Here's HRT or his counselling or what 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 happened to you at that stage okay well I was really fortunate because I did have a fantastic gynecologist who you know you could have fall in love with him really really easily he was so kind and very very considerate about explaining about what he'd done and how this was going to affect me Mm. Um, he did actually focus more on the physical symptoms not on the emotional symptoms but because of my age um, I did slap on an HRT patch um, and um, and to be fair I suffered very very few symptoms um, in the following 10 years but because because, you know, just going back to what I said earlier, I, I never wanted to feel like I had um, in those seven years. I never wanted to feel like that again. Mm. It, I mean, it was so awful. Um, and at that time, there was also a lot of negative information out about HRT. Yes. So I decided to come off HRT around age 51 because that was I knew that was the time that um, – you know when my my whole if I'd left it what my whole my I would naturally have gone through menopause yes so I decided to do that and so in that intervening um 10 years I explored lots of ways in which I could help myself which is why I actually practice nutrition and help others now right okay so that in fact that whole process actually if we're going to look at it from a take a positive from it is that it sort of led you to where you are now so exactly it's, it's been a complete journey yeah um, and part of that, of course, was this conversation that you then listened to. So when you say you listened to a conversation um, between Liz and another woman, was that something that was online or how did you? Oh, that was on Twitter. Yeah. So I wasn't really listening. I oh, was, so you were just, I was observing, yeah. you know, just yeah. watching the thread as the uh, as the stories were unfolding. Right. Um, 
And it was, uh, it, it, was, it was really quite emotional, wasn't it, Liz? You know, there was a lot said in that first, um, uh, that first, um, those first conversations. And it was when Liz had just been on BBC, um, Wake Up, to, was it Wake Up to Menopause? Wake Up to Menopause, yeah. Yeah. Right, um, so, so Liz, yeah. t- t- tell me about this. So this was two years ago and you were, so tell me, just tell me about that moment and, and what was happening. When we did that, it was really, I mean, I don't think the BBC realised how important Wake Up to the Menopause was because it really sparked off a whole lot of women talking about this. And we had we had been mentioning it before, but never in the way that I had then. And basically everybody was just, everybody was sharing their experiences and while everybody had different experiences, we all had the same treatment, if that makes sense. You know, oh, we had right. okay, yeah. body, but everybody was coming out with the same thing is the lack of help that was around and the lack of understanding and knowledge that was there. It was a real it was a real bonding session in many ways. You know, it was a, for me, it was certainly the first time when I realized that what I was going through wasn't you know, one of the first times when I realised what I was going through wasn't completely nuts and I wasn't going berserk and losing myself. So tell me a so bit, because yeah. now I'm just fascinated. So you, so what took you to that point? So where we, what were you doing prior to that point before you did the BBC uh, Wake Up to Menopause? Um, were you trying to raise, raise awareness yourself or was it just a personal experience that then took you to that? What What was going on? Little bit of both. I'd started. I'd started writing a blog for when I turned fifty, um, but my menopause symptoms had started a few years before that. I mean, I, I am your typical, for want of a better word, menopause woman. I was, you know, late forties, forty six, forty seven, when symptoms first started hitting me. But it took three years between symptoms first started to realizing I was menopausal. You know, three years where. I was just going downhill so quickly, both mentally and physically. So just to interject, why did it take three years? I'm just interested. So because there was nobody talking to you and there just wasn't information that you could grab or or you didn't know, you know. I didn't know. I I had no idea what menopause is, which is shocking because I'm a journalist and I've, I've dealt with a lot of health issues over the year, as in, you know, written about them and worked with health reporters and what have you. And in all that time, 30 years, I'd never done menopause once. So I had no idea about it. But I mean, I was going to the GP, starting off with losing my hair, you know, aches and pains, joint pains that were waking me up. So I kept going to the GP and they would treat that symptom. Yeah. And then, you know, the only time I had any sort of conversation around a menopause was when the doctor frightened me into thinking I could be pregnant on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Well, that was it. That was the only time what was happening when my periods was mentioned. But that wasn't related to what I'd been to see the doctor about, which was, you know, aching joints that were waking me up in the middle of the night because we're so sore. So just to interject again, because it's always and, really helpful for listeners. So the symptoms that you were experiencing mm-hmm. were you. So you were losing hair. You lost your hair, lost some hair. Yeah. That, I don't know. My I'm hair not, was getting thin. Yeah. And you were um, experiencing I, joint pain. Yeah, um, I had joint pain. I had palpitations, mm. um, which 
started at the same time as the anxiety started as well, my menopausal anxiety. So I ended up in A&E one night convinced I was having a heart attack. Right. And like I say, I've heard of other women who've done that as well. Yeah. And it's been menopause. And that was when I was actually 50. So I went to A&E and basically got told I was a hypochondriac. There was nothing wrong with me. Um, And at no point was it said, this could be menopause related. They thought it was because I wasn't sitting right. But, you know, I was a classic menopause woman, even down to when I was talking to the doctor and the a and I started crying. So I was like, oh, you know, we've been under a lot of stress recently and I don't have as much grip on life as I used to. And I'm, I'm just finding it a bit hard to cope. Um, and that was also going on at the same time. I was starting to suffer from real bad paranoia with it. Um, I was walking down to the river and wondering about just jumping in just to escape everything. I was I was your classic menopause person. Oh my god! I mean, people can't see me, but Claire, you can see me. My face, I am in shock. I, I cannot believe that you, as a fifty-year-old woman, knowing that you know menopause is fifty-one, you know average age, saying, and you're teary and you're contemplating taking your life which I'm so sorry that you got to that point that upsets me greatly um you know and they didn't just go oh well this is you know I mean for heaven's sake and can do you mind me asking how many years when, when was that this started this started hold on I turned 50 in my month is appalling too I started 50 and 67 this started 2014 so you were 50 in 2014 you know, no, I was 50 in 2017. Right, I see. Okay, so yeah. Three years before that, I kept going through. Um, but even when I turned 50, it wasn't that because I just thought, you know, we were having a rough time personally, you know, just I changed jobs, we were moving. There was a lot of things where I just thought, yeah. well, this is just it. And, you know, the doctors basically said I'm a hypochondriac and I've been backwards and forwards to the doctor so many times they're going to chuck me up off the list if I keep going because you know I'm there all the time it feels like so I just sort of I just kept putting it to one side as you know and of course you're doing that thing you're doing the thing that women do which is the same thing that Claire did which is that we go oh I'll just I'll just shoulder this I'll just shoulder this I'll just carry on uh, Mm -hmm. and shoulder it um, and you don't necessarily open up to other women because you just don't think that maybe they're experiencing the same thing as you. Well, that was it. I mean, I, I literally thought I was going mad. I was like, yeah. I'm suffering from depression and I'm, I'm just going cuckoo, basically, you know? Yes, yes. Horrible way to put it, but I just, I just thought it was me. And it was only, I started getting real fatigued, mm. really, really tired. Um, and that was when I started getting hot flushes. So hot flushes were my last symptom. And I would literally just drain. We'd be walking along the street and I'd have to stop because I would just, all my energy would go. I would I would just drain into the ground. And was uh, that sim- sim- simultaneous to the hot flush? So you yeah. would get a hot flush and then... A hot flush and it would just feel like... I, I describe it, I always describe it as a battery dra- drained. You know, it was like all yeah. the energy had just gone into the ground. Away yeah. from me. And because I, I was fed up of going to the doctors you know and it was just a hot flush you know it's menopause uh, yeah <laughs> it, you know I, I refused to go to the doctor and I wouldn't go see the about the depression because I was just fed up of it 
Um, and my husband just says, okay, well, if you're not going to go, there must be something you can do. You know, there must be something you can take to help with a hot flush. And that was when he looked that night and he he looked up the NHS site. And that was when he says, you know, everything you've been going through is menopause. Wow. My husband who told me this. Your husband diagnosed you yeah. as going through menopause, which is uh, fucking ridiculous, actually. And But also, thank God for that man. Well done. Oh, yes. Well yeah. done for him. But at this point, and I mean, you both, I can see why when you connected on Twitter and that conversation ensued and Claire, you were watching and and, and watching that, that conversation unfold because obviously both of you are experiencing extreme mental, uh, physical symptoms with the abdomen pain and the endometriosis. And then also you had hot flushes, joint pain, everything there, but the psychological and emotional journey actually was the bigger uh, element. It, It feels like from my point of view for both of you. And so that's, that's, I suppose, where the connection came, because it sounds to me, Liz, like your, I mean, clearly your well-being was in the in the floor. It was in the ground at that point. Yeah, it was completely, it was completely destroyed. Like my husband would say, why are you angry all the time? Because I was just so angry at everybody. People shoved me on the tube. I would, I would get really snarky, you know, yeah. and I'm always quite a laid back person. I wouldn't do it. And I think that's how it was. That's that what, what that conversation was. There were so many women saying this. And I'd I'd written about menopause. I'd started a blog for turning 50. Yeah. Just for friends and family. And I'd written about this um, when I went to see the doctor just to say, yeah, has anybody ever heard of this thing called menopause, by the way? Um, and I had so many people write back to me or, you know, their partners write back to me saying, God, yeah, my wife's going through this or my girlfriend's going through this or, you so know, I'm going blog, through- is it still available yeah 50 is it if it is it 50 cents okay yeah so we'll put that in the show notes so anyone listening who wants to um go to the blog we'll put it all in the show notes so that you can access it claire just coming back to you slightly um so we're talking about well-being and obviously you were a very different age when you were going through your menopausal symptoms um what kind of response did you have from your your partner um, and I mean well also you were involved with a, quite a young family at the time so how how did it impact on that part of your life? Um, so I think because I was in my 30s and there was so much I mean it was a busy life um, as well um, I had friends who'd also got young children but I you know to be fair I I really I don't think I knew what the word, I don't think I knew the word menopause. Mm. I don't think it was in my vocabulary at that time. So, and I don't think it was in my friend's vocabulary either. So if I was talking to them about how I was feeling, because I relate with what um, Liz said about the fatigue, I that was one of the most crushing symptoms. Um, I didn't pick the kids up from school twice because I was just flat out, mm. um, you know, so th- I, I really relate to um, to that symptom. Um, panic attacks, anxiety, um, not so much paranoia, but certainly I was, I, yes, I was edging on that for mm. sure, um, where relationships were concerned. And bless my husband, the, the mood swings and the rage were so severe that I frightened myself. Mm. And bless him, he never, ever, <laughs> he never fought back. Well, so he doesn't really fight back anyway, but, you know, it was... Um, yeah, he it it was um 
he was very, very understanding um, of what was going on. But we never had that conversation. We never really talked about it because, again, menopause wasn't in his vocabulary no. um, either. Because, um, of course, you're at that point where it was all sort of toddler groups. I mean, my children are fairly yeah. young now, so they're eight and ten. But I very clearly remember that time where I just had my second child. I had a two-and-a-half-year-old and a new baby. And everyone around me, we were talking about, I don't know, how to lose baby weight, breastfeeding, yeah. weaning. I cannot imagine how they might have reacted if I'd have said, well, I think I'm going through menopause or or even just anything that was sort of out of that remit of the discussion. So it, exactly. It, it must have been very isolating for you. Yeah, it was extremely so. And, and another thing, and again, women uh, still find this a problem. When you're going through all this, then, you know, you can, I could go to the GP and say, look, you know, the fatigue is just incredible. It's crushing. And so they would offer me something, I don't know, Maybe they didn't offer me something particularly for the fatigue, but they look at that symptom. Mm. But it's not just that because there's a whole package that goes around with the way it's not just physical symptoms with the menopause. There's a whole emotional and mental story that goes on um, around it as well. But you don't know how to put that into words. So you're sat there in the GP surgery wanting to explain to them exactly what it is um, that you're feeling um, not just the physical side, the emotional side, but finding the words to do that is really, really hard. Yes. And, you know, we know even now with the campaign that women still find it difficult to find the words in that short space of time that they have with the GP to explain what it is, because sometimes it's all encompassing, but there's just not one thing. And you don't want that one thing treated, do you? No. Especially because when you said, you know, you scared yourself, that was, I was nodding like crazy. Because, yeah, I used to, I used to blow up so much that I'd think, what the hell, you know, who the fuck is woman? It's not me. Mm. So you're really, really doubting everything about yourself. So, and how, how do you put that into words? I don't feel like me. Like, you know, and. Yeah. But also, I think that that sounds really nothingy like if you then go along and say well I'm just really really tired <clears throat> you know oh what iron deficiency is it or anemia whatever but but it's it's so hard to to get across um that level of fatigue where like you say you didn't pick up your kids not because you didn't you you forgot you literally couldn't you were you know done and I think it is that thing of they do tend to sort of pick pick little ones out. And it's like, but you you need to see the whole thing as yeah. that I'm in crisis, I'm broken. You know, that, that's, this is a broken picture that you're looking at instead of, because Liz, you, you, you touched on that, that they just kept treating your symptoms. Yeah, the amount of blood tests I had to see if I was anemic. Mm. Like, I probably was by the end because I'd taken so much damn blood. <laughs> because you keep doing this to me (laughs) you know the palpitations I had to go for a stress test so I had to do a running test and I was training for the great north run at the time so apparently I was mega fit and that's not happened since but yeah they just kept treating one little thing and nobody ever said you know nobody looked back at you know it's because the doctors only have 10 minutes Mm. if that Mm. so they don't have time to look back at your notes and unless you're aware that these changes could happen at your body at this time of life, you know, or these are the changes that are associated with menopause, you don't 
no, you don't put them together because nobody's ever told you that this is what happens. But also I do think that there's, because of the stigma of being in menopause, which I think is being changed. And I think there is a lot of conversations. Your campaign is brilliant for that. And then, you know, lots and other things that I've seen on, on Twitter about changing the face of menopause. But that idea that we don't, I don't know, do we not want to admit it? Do we not want to sort of put our hands up to it and say, you know, I'm a menopausal woman. And my experience with the GP was that it was, it was a bit like, well, we don't want to be that dramatic. You know, we don't, we don't think you're there yet sort of thing as if, as if sort of, you know, that let's look at all of the other options that it could be before we then go to menopause, because that's, you know, sort of a really big deal that we then need to deal with later when actually perimenopause, which is where I am at the moment, is a, a very subtle kind of picking away at your, you know, sort of sanity. And, and it can be a lot of the women that I've spoken to are in perimenopause. It can be incredibly damaging. So, but it's like doctors sort of fear the, the tag. It's like, well, no, 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 we're not going to go there yet. We're not, we're not ready for that. Um, oh, you're still young. Oh, that whole thing. Young which is fertile. Yeah. You know, you what know, else does a woman need to be? But also that kind of thing of like, well, that, that, that you don't want to be menopausal. It's kind of like, well, let's, let, let's try and make sure it's everything else but that before we go there, because for heaven's sake, please don't be menopausal. Um because why? I mean, you know, and this is kind of a much bigger thing, isn't it? But just that whole idea of sort of seeing our generation of women, our age of women as some sort of like end of life, end of usefulness type nonsense where it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, the women around me are, you know, we're powerful, we're, we're knowledgeable, we're skilled, we uh, know what we want to do. Um and and we're going to do it. I mean, that's that's certainly how I feel. And and you know, from your campaign, what you're doing, it's like we're not going to have it. So I I don't feel any stigma around that. I just think it's really interesting. So coming to the campaign though, so two years ago, this wonderful conversation happens on Twitter, and Twitter is a, an amazing place for that. I must say, um, and so you you connect um, and. I mean, you're both. So, Liz, your background is in journalism, um, and and Claire, what? And your back, and now you're a nutritionist. At the time that you contacted Liz, is that what you were then doing? Yes, yes. And um, I trained in nutrition uh, prior to coming off the HRT patch. So that's what I did in those years. Um, um, I was exploring how I could best look after myself yes. when I came off HRT. And I knew that that would be a transition. I wasn't going to be cold turkey. I, I knew that I would spend time doing that. But because I'd had the experience that I'd had, I'd also knew it wasn't just about looking after my physical well-being. It was looking after my mental and emotional well-being. Yeah. So I did lots of training um, in that time. It was really exciting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so that when... I did decide to come off HRT. I was prepared um, to help myself. I mean, it wasn't perfect, don't get me wrong. Um, you cannot completely control your hormones. Even with HRT, you cannot completely yeah. control them. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was great. And the thing that excites me most um, is that I knew that I was setting myself up to live the best life that I could 
beyond menopause. Mm. Um, and so that was that was really inspiring and empowering. So, you know, as you just said, we're, you know, we're strong women and we've still got so much to offer to people um, in life. And just because your age, you reach a, a number of years of life doesn't mean to say that you're written off or you're old. You know, we still have so much out there to, totally. to offer. Yeah. I mean, and maybe more. I mean, you know, I, I, I enjoyed myself in my 20s, but Jesus, it was a bit of a car crash. I, I'm not really sure I knew what I was doing. Um, I have no idea. Fashion point of view, <laughs> Christ. Um, so now I take myself, and, and Liz and I, as you were talking there, we were both nodding away enthusiastically, which was amazing. But Claire, just to, um, so with your nutrition, um, do you specialize with midlife women or yeah. or is it, yeah, you do? So. Yeah, I mean, I do see others and men occasionally, but on the yeah. whole, my focus is yeah. purely on supporting uh, women physically and emotionally through those menopause years. Amazing. So again, anyone listening, um, Claire's contact well you know how to get in touch with Claire and her services will be in the show notes so that if you if you want to have a conversation with Claire about nutrition um then then you can um so you were both already actually in that field um so it was almost like a natural progression that you would then find each other and serendipity it was serendipity wasn't it I do believe in that so much so just just then tell me about how that emerged and uh and then you know um how you came to create what is now know your menopause so liz how did how did claire contact you and what ensued from that we'd we'd been talking on twitter and we kept talking about the lack of information out there and how there was nothing in your gp's office like my gp printed off four sheets of a4 on my first appointment and sent it away and you know it was like this is what menopause is and i thought well i know this because i read it last night (laughs) and i read it off the same site that you've just printed Printed it off off. now we needed it years ago and there was a few of us that just kept talking about this and then one night I was in the GPs waiting to discuss HRT and I was looking around at all of the different posters that are there for everything for absolutely everything and a lot of it was you know if if you look after your body you might never have them like heart attack or a stroke or anything if you're you know it was preventative and I thought well menopause isn't preventative I couldn't stop this, you know, no matter how healthy my life is, my periods are going to stop at some point. Mm. Um, And I got hit by one of those huge menopause rages. And I just thought, right, if the bloody NHS won't make a poster, I'm going to make a poster. And I had this mental image of women just holding up the poster on um, social media. And I thought, let's see if we can, you know, let's do a viral campaign. So I went home, had a couple of glasses of wine, which is very bad in menopause. Don't drink wine. Oh, really? I can give you a really good <laughs> argument for drinking wine. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, there's a million alcohol. women now going, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never touch alcohol in menopause. Never touch the wine. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so I had a couple of glasses of wine and I kept ranting about my idea and my poor kind lovely patient husband went oh for fuck's sake just do it <laughs> you know shut up I'm fed up of hearing about this idea do it and because I'd had a couple of glasses of wine I had Dutch courage so I got onto Twitter messaged a few people and said what do you think of this idea to like try and do a viral campaign and they all went yeah it's really good and I was like oh shit got to do no, it got to do it yeah because because I was really spurred on because these were all just amazing women I'd contacted, you know, I respected each of them and 
thought they were incredible. And the fact that they thought this was a good idea was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, I've got to be an incredible woman like they are now. So shit. And that was it. That was how we started. I knew a graphic designer from when I worked in Glasgow um, and she's amazing. And Claire, I think you sorted out the symptoms. You sent me a link with the symptoms because I hadn't even thought that far. Um, and Claire says, these are, these are what we need to put on. This is the information we need on any poster. Mm. And I sent it off to Ali. Um, and I think it was about a week and a half. She sent back a oh. first draft and we all just went, wow. They're literally like, oh, my God, that's gorgeous. You know, yeah, this is really going to help. And that was it. It was pure ignorance because we didn't know what would happen afterwards and blind courage that took us through. But Uh, sometimes those are the best moments, aren't they? Because I think sometimes we do have, and I think, I mean, my background is that I'm a director and an actor and a broadcaster, you know, so so kind of a creative in that way, an author. But I think I do feel very like I'm in a very creative place. And I think it's a, there's an interesting link between that point where we are going through this quite extreme time. So we're having to cope with some very big ups and some very big downs. Um, we're having to negotiate the menopause, the perimenopause. We might also be negotiating other things within our family life. So older children, teenagers who are also doing their own, you know, it's, it's just, there might be some career things that are happening. Maybe you're trying to gain a promotion, whatever. There's all this sort of stuff going on. And I think there's something in our brains, which I don't know, I feel like there's an unlocking almost of potential where we sort of go, I don't know, it's almost like go big or go home. I I feel like my brain has sort of done that a little bit where it's like, right, you're 47, you know, you're, you're entering that time where you're in the middle age, sort of second part of your life or whatever it is, sort of go for it. And I love the fact that your, your brain, you know, you're sitting there and you, and you're looking around and actually it took you to that point where you were like, you know what, actually, I'm not going to wait for a change. I'm going to be the change and I'm going to go home, get a little bit drunk, call my mates, essentially, and make it happen. And, and the, which is kind of what you did. I have some wine. My husband's going to tell me to push on and I'm going to go and do it. And then you did. So you've got your amazing posters, which I can see behind you. And um, if you go uh, again, this will be in the show notes. If you um, follow Liz, um, 50 cents well know your menopause on twitter and facebook um um and instagram and instagram so all of that yeah we're a bit slow on instagram i know so. i am i am i totally know what you mean it's kind of my last yeah. one where i go oh god i should put this on instagram <laughs> I, should, I should do that as well um but um you'll be able to see the posters and the, and the website of course you can download them but and um, we'll put all of that in the show notes but so so you got your poster and then claire what what happened then? Oh gosh! Um, so we we started um, encouraging people on Twitter to send us poster selfies, um, and we, for want of a better word, stalked a few, <laughs> you know, personalities. Um, and yeah, Jeremy somebody, Vine, Jeremy Vine, who sent me two kisses, by the way. Oh, hello! Celebrity uh, uh, shout out, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think actually to be fair to some of them they got so fed up with us tagging them in that they just did it just to get rid of us but anyway we got some because of that 
and then they shared it. We got some tremendous followers and we're starting to make a lot of noise, not just in the UK, actually, but um, in the US as well and in Australia. Yeah. Um, and more and more people kept sending us in their poster selfies uh, and it was absolutely great. We were making a noise and um, because the intention, as Liz said, is to get this poster seen in every GP surgery um, where it will not just women who are wondering what's happening to their, their body and the mind see it and wonder what it's going, what, you know, what they're going through, but also their husbands, their partners, yes. um, their children. Yes. Um, you know, this is for everybody. So this was just such a simple idea. It's a bit like cat size, isn't it? Or in the road or hair grips or something. You know, it's such a simple idea. Yes, and 100%. NHS yes. in Wales um, picked up on it and um, they put it into every GP surgery in Wales, which wow. was great. Um, and we, on the back of that, actually, that gave us some uh, push to go actually to meet MPs in Parliament, which was just a great day, wasn't it, Liz? It was just, yeah. it was just incredible. So we really? spoke to 17, I think, GPs we had signed up for that um, yeah. and spoke to them. And we, we genuinely thought we were on this roll. This was going to be it. And that was the week before COVID. <sighs> Oh, my gosh. So you went to Westminster. You spoke to 17 yeah. GPs or MPs? Oh, sorry, MPs. MPs. MPs, yeah. Ah, oh, and then COVID. And then COVID. So it's, it's some, I don't know what it is. Could be, possibly be, but something kind of took over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people COVID. were talking about something else. Yeah. <laughs> COVID is responsible for many, many, many things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But all of that momentum yeah. has uh, will have not been lost, of course, because no. um, those 17 MPs, whilst they will have been distracted by COVID, eventually that will yeah. um, that will subside and, and, and we can go back to that and, and still start banging on the drum. And, of course, social media is so very helpful in that you can continue to gain that momentum with individuals. And like you say, there are people out there, I mean, there's – there's quite a few notable celebrities at the moment, women who are um, really trying to raise awareness. You know, Davina McCall, I suppose. We've got Marielle Frustrup and, you know, um, Jenny Eclair. You know, she did, did something the other day talking and, uh, you know, getting getting the words out there. But I think what I really, really connect to with your campaign is exactly what you touched on there, Claire, this idea that, and, and this sort of is part of the whole podcasting for me is it is important for women talk, to talk to women. In fact, we both know, well, all three of us know, and from your, your experiences, that had you not discovered and had that conversation, that shared woman to woman conversation on Twitter, this wouldn't happen. So the, this campaign wouldn't have happened. So there is something so essential and lovely and affirming about those conversations. But opening it up and making sure that men are being spoken to about menopause, children are aware of, of, it doesn't even need to be a scary conversation about menopause, but just that women go through hormonal imbalances in their lives, which cause them to feel many, many things, sadness, happiness, pain, all of these things. Um, and that there should be no stigma or shame attached to those conversations. And I, that's, why I think this tangible poster, this very tangible thing, which you can then 
you know, see and relate to and start a conversation about is so important. And I feel like NHS England should just be there. I, it's, I mean, Liz there, obviously there's much to be proud of in terms of what's been achieved so far. And the posters behind you, I can see we've got how many different languages? So you've got English, English we've got Welsh. English, Welsh. Um, who actually, you're talking about men. That's thanks to the amazing Darren Dupree with yeah. Unison Wales, who has just... We love him. Supporter, massive supporter. Um, and we have English, Welsh, Scottish Gaelic, and Urdu, which is with the fantastic Dr. Nigat Arif. And through her, that poster has been seen all around Pakistan as well. She sent oh it off to Oh my Pakistan. gosh. So that's really cool. We've also, this last year, we've started having approaches from people in Europe. So we have one now in German and there's a Dutch version, which is just on its way out. And I think um, we have a Swedish one coming as well with a bit of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've I've just been chatting to I've just been chatting to somebody in Saudi Arabia um, and they really want to try and come on board and help us with the poster over there and use. Well, they would like to use our poster to help their women. Yes. Over there. Yes. Well. My so, God, yeah. it's an international, uh, international event. It's amazing. What a, what a campaign. Um, and in, in addition to the posters, because obviously that's at the centre and the heart of um, just raising awareness and raising that conversation. The So if people want to get involved in that, obviously they can follow you on social media. They can download the posters from your website, which we will put in the show notes as well. Um, and there's your blog. What else is there surrounding the, the campaign that people can kind of get hold of or um, get involved with? We have um, a support pack that goes alongside um, the poster and we introduced that purely because, um, you know, having gone to Westminster and then COVID happening, we had to keep the momentum going somehow. So um, we put together a support pack to help the individual women. We were concerned that women were at home, um, they were working from home um, they were probably homeschooling. Um, they were or failing, or fa- failing at their. <laughs> um, they were wondering how on earth they were going to get the food to, you know, because the supermarkets uh, were busy, or you, you know, you didn't want to get there. So there was a a lot more stress now on mm. the woman um, because that's how that's just how it falls, isn't it? Yes. Um, and we wanted to do something to support her while she was at home, so we put together a. Um, support pack and basically it's the opportunity to log symptoms because everybody is so different everybody's so unique um to log her personal symptoms her personal journey um uh, questions on how she uh, could approach a doctor and get the very best out of that conversation with the doctor because we talk to so many women who say they feel listened to but not heard yes yeah so um, we wanted to give them that opportunity to feel heard um, when they were the GP. Obviously, there had to be some um, lifestyle and nutrition, self-help, self-care yes, um, yes. stuff in there as well. Um, and some resources where they could find out more information and, and basically what they could do in a time when their life was feeling more out of control, what they could do to grasp back a little bit of control 
um, of their lives and the way that they felt and their bodies and things. So, yeah, yeah. there was the um, support pack that goes alongside the poster. And that's all free. We do everything for free. I was just about to say this because I know we've had we've been messaging back and forth and trying to find time to do this, etc. And so then it became clearly very clear to me that you both basically work full time whilst doing that. This is this is just sort of something so so how how are you both <laughs> a hobby <laughs> a hobby yeah we're just doing that I mean I play tennis uh twice a week and that is a hobby Liz um I'm not changing yeah. the work the, the the lives of women across the 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 world so <laughs> you know but but how are you both now Liz how are you um we go through stages don't we like sometimes you just get so exhausted and tired and we, we you know we'll be like oh god I don't think I can do this again and then one of us will have an idea and we're like "Ooh, that's good <laughs> you know like um we started up videos we started doing videos f- towards world menopause day last year and with this all the stress of covid and you know having that huge blow that COVID brought to it, that was, those videos were really great. We got to chat to some amazing people um, about menopause and we enjoyed them so much and the people who came to them enjoyed them so much that we've, we now do monthly sessions with them as well. Um, so yeah, and we're back talking to the magnificent Carolyn Harris MP um, to see how we can further forward. So I think we're starting to get a second a second wind and, so and, and how is your how is your menopause now i finally got the hrt that i've been shouting for for the last two years and so far it's doing pretty good yeah and do you do you mind me asking you don't have to answer but do you mind what what it is that you're taking because i know from my conversations with my own doctor you know there are so many different options and i think it can be a bit of a mind boggler so what what have you found works for you well, this is something that I I got so desperate a couple of years ago that I applied to go on the BBC's Health Truth or Scare to talk about um, HRT and breast cancer and what have you. I was like, oh, please, I just need help. And I was lucky enough to talk to who's now the chairman of the BMS, um, Dr. Haytham Hamoda. And he says estrogen gel with separate progesterone, so either in a coil or tablets. And it's taken me two years to finally convince my GPs that this will work um and so that's what i'm on i'm on estrogel and utrogestin yeah because we have a coil but yeah it's it starts getting very complicated and you can read all about it in my blog yes yeah. excellent and um but have you felt the benefits of that yes yeah i was just in this morning i don't get that wow that a lot of women get with hrt mm. But I'm doing things like, you know, I'm I'm starting to care about what my hair looks like again and make sure I'm putting makeup on and I'm concerned about clothes again and and I'm feeling a bit more that I can do things again where I totally lost my confidence. You know, you I was feel like yourself again. Because of menopause. And now I'm starting to think, well, yeah, actually you've, you know, you were stupid. Of course you could have done it. And you had your beautiful post-lockdown haircut, which um, we saw on Twitter the other day. And as you can see from my dreadful roots is that I haven't managed that yet. So uh, (laughs) that's all to come on Friday, four hours in the chair. 
And Claire, um, I mean, obviously, 51, you, you came off HRT, which I was intrigued. Did you decide to just do that because of the breast cancer scare or were you advised to do so? Uh, no, um, there were a couple of things. There was the, um, the, the breast cancer scare was um, part of it. But I was also, because of my nutrition training and, and all the other things that I'd done, I was very confident that I could manage this time um, without. I, d I don't like taking drugs. I don't do drugs. Um, I would rather not. But if you were to ask me now, would I have stayed on HRT knowing what I know now about it? Mm. I would have to hesitate before I answered because possibly I would have stayed on it longer knowing what I know now about it. But in those days, it, I mean, bear in mind, this is before Dr. Google. So, you know, we were pretty much in the dark. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a case of a pill and a pill didn't suit me um, or the patch. And those came, that came from um, pregnant mare's urine. That was pretty much it, uh, pretty much it. I was fortunate, I feel, because it did put me on an even keel. Mm. But, you know, now I realize that there's so many variations, like Liz has spent ages trying to find out what works for her. Um, and, you know, that's a great opportunity for women to be able to, to find out what works. Yeah. Um, but you know, I always just say to everybody, I, I'm not against HRT at all. Um, if it works for you and it gives you your life back, go for it. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think for anyone listening who's sort of thinking, am I in perimenopause and my menopause and all of those sorts of things um i think it's it's worth getting yourself some information visiting your website and of course there are other resources out there as well where yeah. you can get some really really solid information and taking the gp i still think it's incorrect that you have to do that that you have to take it and say hang on this is all the things that are available to me um but you can go armed uh, and slightly dangerous to depending on the time of the month um, and um, and say, look, hang on, this is, this is what I think might work. And I mean, one of my previous guests, she um, was sort of much more down the holistic route, but had recently started using estrogen pessaries um, because they worked, you know, localized vaginal dryness. And she just found that that, that had worked for her. Um, but again, she knew about that because of conversations and research she'd done. And she just literally said to her GP, that's what I want. And the GP fortunately was nice enough to say, that's fine. And, and she got the prescription. So it is still down to us. Ugh, rolls eyes, uh, women, <laughs> sisters doing it for themselves. But it is down to us. But fortunately, uh, there's women like you who are, you know, flying the flag. Uh, well, you're not flying the flag. You're, crea you're, you're creating the poster, basically, is what you're doing. So in terms of the viral campaign, can we still do that? Can I still do my selfie? And we're still yes. we're still getting that out. Great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get on that bandwagon today. We still, and, uh, we still get a huge buzz when Yeah, we do. Fabulous. Well, I'm gonna get that out and I'm gonna tweet it to um to my uh, my my mommy. Is that is that, that taking is there anyone using that phrase? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get it out there. The the menopause army mommy. No. <laughs> Is, I just, I think I was watching Line of Duty, and it all got a bit, you know, mom, mom, fella, mom, and um, I, in my head, went menopause army, my army, 
And then it became Marmy, but like, you know, like we reclaim the title Marm and it's ours. So I'm I'm gonna keep bashing away with Marmy and eventually it will it will become a hashtag. I'm certain. I'm certain. We could it. have Barmy Marmy. Barmy Marmy. <laughs> 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 well, today I definitely am signed up for that one, definitely. <laughs> Listen, lovely ladies, we have run out of time, but it has been um, such a joy to meet you actually in person, sort of, you know, in this um, technological way. Um, Thank you for sharing your stories. And as I said previously, anyone listening who wants to know um, more about Know Your Menopause campaign, all of this stuff will be in the show notes about Claire's work as a nutritionist, about the blog, the 50 Cents blog from Liz. Um, It'll all be on there. You can find them on social media. All the links will be there in the show notes. So just please go along. And um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see my selfie and you can do your own one, please. That would be gorgeous. Um, All right. Don't go away, ladies. I'm going to stop recording. So we'll say goodbye uh, for now. Bye. Bye. Just brilliant. I really loved meeting those two. And since then, we have continued to support and connect with each other. Claire has helped me with nutrition. Uh, She gives 30 minute free consultations. So that's amazing. Um, and all of their bits and pieces are in the show notes. So yeah, have a look. Uh, their poster was also recently seen on the Davina McCall documentary. So if you want one, you can download it from positivity.co.uk, which is also in the show notes and you could display it, you know, so get on it, get it into your GPs, get it into your offices, workspaces, toilets, car windows, anywhere at all. Um, just to keep raising awareness. Absolutely brilliant. Next week, I talk with Faye, whose experience of menopause has been shaped by her work life, her location and her background. We talk about why being single, black and having a nine to five job creates extra pressure during menopause. See you then. If you are listening and have enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. By signing up, you'll make sure we can keep going and you'll get early access to episodes plus other awesome stuff. The link to our Patreon page is in the programme notes. And thank you. Me and my producer, Sam, will be very grateful for anyone able to help out. Thank you. If you would like to get involved with Taking on the Change, please get in touch. Pop us an email at friendsforlifeproductions at gmail.com or you can find me and a friend on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow, like and subscribe to Taking on the Change on Spotify, Apple or your usual podcast provider. Taking on the Change is a Friends for Life production. It was created by Anna Friend and produced by Samuel Jones. 